Good evening, brothers and sisters. Welcome once again to this online uh, service. We've been talking about the coming of Jesus and He has such a high calling upon our life and that's why we want to live worthy of His calling. We want to live worthy of His coming. So we've touched on that when Jesus comes, He's coming as a judge, He's coming as a consuming fire. So we dare not judge before that time. We dare not judge others. This is how we live worthy of Him because we know He is the judge. And so we will not judge and, and condemn other people. And also uh, we learn that when He comes, He wants to be glorified in His people. And uh, when we see Him, we will be like Him. So now we know how to purify ourselves. And this evening, we want to uh, look at another aspect, still in the, in, the, in the theme that when Jesus comes, He wants to be glorified in His people. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 10, just part of this verse. On the day He comes to be glorified in His holy people. On that day when He comes, he will be glorified in His people. So when He comes, we learn that He will present us as children of God. Now it has not appeared what we will be. But when that day when He comes, Jesus is going to present us as children of God in His glory. But there's also another aspect that uh, uh, when He comes, because we are His church, He will also want to present us as His glorious church for Himself. Let's look at uh, Ephesians 5. We're going to look many upon this passage. Ephesians 5, well, we'll be looking from verse 21 to 33. But let's look at verse 25 to start with. 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkles or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So when Jesus comes, he's going to present to himself a glorious, radiant church without blemish, without any wrinkle or stains, but holy and blameless. So that's who we will be, a glorious, radiant church. So how, how, how do we become this, this radiant church? First of all, we must realize when God looked at our relationship, the church with Jesus, He sees it just like the relationship between a husband and wife. And uh, that kind of oneness, that kind of unity, so that we, 
will know how to live uh, together as one. We'll know how to submit. We'll know how to uh, to allow each other to to speak into our life, so that we can be purified, uh, so that we can become that radiant church. Okay, so let's look at look at it uh, step by step. So, to become a radiant church is the work of submission to Christ in all things. Submission. So that's the first thing that we must have in order to become a radiant church. Submit to Christ, submit to one another. Ephesians 5, verse 21 to 24, it tells us, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submit to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husband in everything. So the church has structure. Jesus is the head. We are the body. And each part uh, plays in a particular Position, so there is a proper order, proper structure, and uh, and a proper function for each parts. And so, in the church, we have to learn to submit in order for this body, for this structure, to function properly and in order. And it started by saying, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Because we honor Jesus. So we look at each members, we look at one another with honor, with respect. And we learn to submit to one another. Even at times, those who are above in leadership, we need to submit to those who are below us when they speak words of wisdom, when they speak, uh, see things that we don't, we learn to, we, we submit to them. Especially those who are under leadership, we need to submit as the church submit to Christ. So that's very important because when there is no submission, there is rebellion and disobedience and disorder. But when there is submission, there is unity, there is love, there is peace. And so you can build, you can develop. When there is unity, uh, there is love and there will be glory. But how can we bring ourselves to submit? Uh, let's look at Ephesians 5, 33. He said, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. So there got to be love, respect, and honor in our relationship with one another in order for uh, us to submit to one another. So it says here, submit to one another 
wives should submit to their husband in everything. In everything. We are to submit to our leaders in everything. We are to submit to Christ in everything. Wives are to submit to the husband in everything. I believe I can hear a lot of objection here now. How can it be? What if he does this? What if he's so wrong? And what if the church leaders abuse their power? What if? How can we submit in everything? Well, that's what the Word of God says. And so it's very important that we have the spirit of submission. We do not allow the enemies to speak those negative words. What if, you know? Yeah, we know it happens. But some people, because of the what if, so they look at the leaders, they look at what their husband is saying, you know, they, they don't know how to submit. They, they question, they doubt, they, they suspect, they, they have all kinds of voices speaking. So we don't trust our leaders because what if they have wrong motive? What if they this and that and that? Come on. That's the voice of the enemies. So we must learn to submit knowing that this is our leaders. They have our best interest just like Christ has the best interest. Christ loves us. So our leaders love us, want the best for us, best for the church. Our husband want the best for us. So when we work under this, this kind of mindset, we will be able to submit. In the event, when the what if happened, God has given us wisdom, He has given us spirit, His Holy Spirit. We will know how to handle it during those, those what if time. Okay, but our spirit has to be a spirit of submission, not a spirit of suspicions. So that we cannot move together and build this glorious church. Okay, so remember the enemies will want to put doubt, just like he put doubts in Eve's life against God. And you know there is rebellion. So we, 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 we want to shut off the voice of the enemies. We want to look at it from the scripture, what God is teaching us. So in order to be that glorious church, because there's honor, there's love, there's respect, we submit to one another, especially our leaders. We submit so that there's order, so that we can build together, so that the glory of God yeah, can fill the church, we can become that radiant church that shines forth His glory. And then, the second thing, a radiant church is established by love and self-sacrifice. By love and self-sacrifice. Ephesians 5.25 Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself, gave Himself up for her. After all, uh, verse 29, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members 
of his body. So, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So we talk about building that radiant church, which is what Christ is doing. We must have love. We must have self-sacrifice. There are people who really sacrifice, but not necessarily self-sacrifice. Wow, they give, they serve, they do this. Yes, they are doing a lot of good. Yes, people are being blessed. But it may not be self-sacrifice. It could be to affirm their own identity, their own self-worth. But Christ has laid down his position, laid down his glory, has laid down everything. He gave everything up for the church, for us. He sacrificed himself for us. For our good. For our salvation. And uh, because when we love, when we uh, care, then we will feed and care for the body, just as we read just now. What is the purpose of us loving and, and sacrificing? Verse 26, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church. So we love and sacrifice in order to see that the church becomes a radiant church, becomes holy without blemishes. This is what Jesus has done. And he used this to describe the husband and wife's relationship. So the husband is to release the word to the wife so that there will be cleansing, there will be so that all the blemishes and stain will be removed, so that life will be changed and the, and, and, and the wife becomes radiant in the glory of God. And this is what Jesus did to us as a church. And it's important to be in that kind of relationship, husband, wife, totally committed, that kind of relationship. Because when we release the word, it may not be pleasant. It is word of correction. It could be word of rebuke. It could be word that, that exposes certain hidden thoughts. You see, so normally when, when people hear that kind of words, very often they will defend they will justify themselves, they will argue, and so on. But now when we understand this kind of relationship of wanting the best, sharing this word because they love enough to speak the tough truth, hard truth to the other person. Because a lot of times people just don't want to say this kind of words because they know it would not be welcome 
They're afraid that it will get worse. The situation will get worse. But when we love enough, when we are self-sacrificing, we didn't do it for our own good. We didn't do it for popularity, for acceptance. No, we do it for the person, for the good of that person. We do it in love. So when we release that word, and if it's accepted, it will bring about transformation. It will bring about changes. It will bring about life. And a glorious church is being established when we do that. So Christ loves His church and He cares for His church. He takes care of His church by feeding with the Word of God. The balanced word of God. It's important to know the right words to feed the people. Some people, they just want to hear those sweet talk. You know, just like little kids, they just love those sweets unless they're trained, okay? Otherwise, they love those sweet. So some people, they love sweet talk. They don't want the hard truth. And they never grow. They never become that glorious church. But in order to become glorious church, we need everything. We need to be balanced. We need to be holistic in our teaching. So it covers every area so that we become that radiant church that God wants us to be. And then thirdly, to become a radiant church, we got to be totally united with Jesus. Let's read verse 31, Ephesians 5. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. I'm talking about Christ and the church. Just like a husband and wife become one, so I'm talking about the church. So it's very important that we Got to give ourselves, just like husband and wife give themselves to one another. We got to give ourselves unreservedly, totally to Jesus so that we become one with Him. His mind, His word is everything. So when we become one with Him, we can enter into His fullness. When we become one with Him, we have His identity, just like a wife married to the husband, takes on the husband's identity. So we have his identity. We become sons and daughters of the living God. We enter into his inheritance, whatever is his. Just like husband and wife, you are married into the family, whatever is in the family is yours. You share it. So we enter into whatever Christ has. The Father has given to him his authority, his power, his, his riches. We become one with him. So we need to become one with him so that we become that radiant church that he wants us to be. So in order to be one with Jesus, it says husband and wife, you've got to live mother and father. We've got to leave behind certain relationships. In the past, maybe we trust 
and depends on them, just like mother and father, we depend on them. They're so good to us, they bless us, they take care of us, and so on. Well, in the past, yes. But now we enter into a new destiny. We are entering into a new future. So we have to live behind that relationship, that inference. So whatever relationship that influences you so that you cannot be one with Jesus, you've got to leave that behind. You've got to leave it behind. Even though in the past, it was good. It was helpful. But now, we need to be totally one with Jesus so that we enter into His fullness and uh, have His glory. And uh, finally, in order to be that radiant church, we need to go through all kinds of trials because trials purify us. To become radiant church, we become without blemish, we are holy. And uh, blameless. Okay? So when we go through trials, we are being refined, we are being purified. Let's look at First uh, Peter 1. First Peter 1, verse 6 and 7. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So can you see, when we go through all kinds of trials, it means suffering, it means pain, it means hardship. So when we go through all kinds of suffering and we are being refined, we are like going through the fire, you know. When people go through trials, that's the time the real self suffers. And sometimes it's really shocking. You never imagine the person is like this. But when they go through trials, the real nature comes forth. And God will put us through all these trials in order to refine us, in order to, 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 so that we are purified, so that it resulted in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed, when Jesus comes again. So with this understanding, we've got to look at trials in a totally different light. Because when we go through trials, Normally we see, oh, it's that person. We see the circumstances. It's all about others. But now we have to look at it. When we go to trials, yes, the person is bad, the situation is bad, you know, people shouldn't do this. But we want to see what God wants to accomplish in us. That will result in praise, glory, and honor when He comes. And so the Word of God says when we go through trials, you have to greatly rejoice. 
because of the purpose of those trials. And uh, I know certain things come from the enemies. We have to fight against it. Okay? And, uh, but those trials that we go through, every kind, different kinds of trials, God wants to cause it to work for our good that will result in glory, honor, and praise when he appears. Look at James 1, verse 2 to 4 again. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. There again, the scripture tells us that we should look at those trials in a positive light because it will produce perseverance. It will cause our faith to be firm, to be able to stand. Our love for God, our trust for God will be strengthened even though we don't, do not see immediate result, But it will produce perseverance in us. And also, as we continue to trust God and look to Him, it will result in maturity, lacking nothing, lacking nothing as we mature. So we are being equipped so that we can face greater battles, greater challenges are ahead of us so that we can enter more into the fullness of his glory to become that glorious church that Jesus desired when he comes again. Okay, so, uh, so we see this, this last point that uh, when we go to all kinds of trials, it is purifying us. It will work in us to result in praise, glory, and honor when we pass those, those uh, testing time. Okay, so this evening we learn that Jesus is waiting for this radiant church to be built at His coming when He presents us to the world. And in order for us to be that radiant church, we need to learn how to submit to leadership, submit to Jesus, submit to leadership, submit to one another. So that in the body of Christ, there is unity, there is peace, there is love, so that we can build, so that that glorious church can be established. And through love and through self-sacrifice, we are bold to speak the word of God into the life of our brothers and sisters, knowing that this is what they need in order to become that glorious church, in order to be purified, to be blameless. And we are committed to them. We are committed to their well-being. And we will do it because we love them and, and want to see this happen to them. And then thirdly, we got to be so united as one with Jesus to enter into his fullness. 
to take on his identity. And finally, when we go through trials, God is working, purifying us, leading us into maturity so that we are complete, lacking nothing, so that we become that glorious, radiant church that he's waiting for. So I hope this word has helped us to see things in a different light so that we'll know how to become that glorious church for one another in our own life, in our relationship with Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for saving us and putting us into the body of Christ. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, you are the head of the church. And we thank you that you are building a radiant church for yourself. You're preparing us to be that radiant church for yourself by loving us, by sacrificing your life for us. And we just want to submit to your leading. We want to submit to leaders and, one and, and to one another in this body so that we can be built up. We can be one with you entering into what you have and what you have promised us. And Lord, as we go through life in all the trials that we have to face, we pray that it will result in glory, honor, and praise at your coming. Lord, build your church, O oh God. Let the church that we are building becomes that radiant church that you are longing for at your coming. Bless your people, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.